Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to Mosaic in the Morning. I'm Naeem Fossil, the pastor of Mosaic Church. And with me is Kristen Young. Hey guys. Hey, hey. So, uh, do you guys know this? That she is the campus pastor of our Metro, Metro! campus. Yes. Man, I love those people. You do? I, I thought you loved Metro. all the people. I love all the people. I might love Metro just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I get it. I feel it. Yeah. I get that. I get hey. that. Yes. Bright and early Sunday morning. Yeah. It was a late night last night. Ah, uh, yes. Full of July weekend. Fireworks. Yes. What'd you do? Went to a cookout. Yeah. Can't tell you who I went. No. No, can't tell you. But we, there was there was social distancing. Good. Phase two regulations. Yes. Six feet. This, this really does, does stink, though. You know, know. You know, it really does. I'm sure you guys are thinking, hey, we're going to be reopening. And uh, we were hoping, you know, phase two will end in July, but it's not going to happen. So, I mean, it's, 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 it is what it is. But yeah. we are going to do something in July, right? We are. But we can't talk about that right now? Not yet. Okay. Maybe next week. Okay. Maybe next week. Okay. What we, we are going to do yeah. is today, okay. we have a brand new series. Yes, we do. We're starting the book of Philippians. We're going to do chapter by chapter, four weeks. We're yes. pumped about that because it talks about joy, contentment, and friends, we need that. So I'm going to be kicking it off today. It's going to be awesome. Let me ask yes. you a question. Yes. Because we've done a couple series yes. now that we've been in. Series? Series. Now that we've series. been in, you know, shut down. <laughs> okay, so the first one was called... This is terrible. Yes. Our first series was called This is Terrible. Which is ter- a terrible name. Yes. Then we did um, Voices. Yes, we did. No. Next you came at me with the knife. Yeah. The we so- did sword, sword, and sword and Hammer. We did that. Then we did Voices. Yes, we did. So what's this one called? This is called The Book of Philippians. <laughs> so we've just <laughs> given up now. We have given, given up. up on creative Listen, names. quarantine, COVID-19, just throw it all out. <laughs> You know, it's the Bible. Okay, friends, come it's on. It's going to be a good series. It's going to be great, We have different people speaking. Yes, yes, yes. We got awesome. Sanchez back in the house. Yes. He's going to be Next back. Week. Yes. Yep. You're up soon, too. Hey. Yes. In a couple weeks. Yes. Yep. It's going to yep. be awesome. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes. So, all right, we got to jump into. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it, right? We do some good news. We do. What is some good news? Some good news is our segment where we just say, hey, thank you guys so much for your generosity, for giving to Mosaic. And we just get to show you all of the awesome things yes. that we get to be a part of because they give yeah, to and, Mosaic. And this one's pretty special. Oh, so, so yes. So, Ashley, take it away. Hey, Mosaic. Ashley Fossil here with some good news for this week. Actually, we are going to take a look back this week over the last 17 weeks that we have been in quarantine and live streaming. So why don't you take a look with me at all that we have been able to do together 
in our community and the world. We've had some incredible opportunities with our international partnerships, both in Italy and in the Dominican Republic, as well as in India and Israel. We were able to serve 16,000 bags of food, which is actually 80,000 meals to up to 600 students every single week this entire school year. And we couldn't have done it without people like the Millers and their neighbors packing snack bags for us and the Saferas coming in and serving in the warehouse. In our North Campus, we've been doing some upfitting in the back space. We purchased a new 4,000 square foot storage area and we've been sprucing up around the tent and in the foyer. With Claudia's Closet, we were able to put together 20 bags of clothing and toiletries to donate to girls with Caterpillar Ministries. Hopefully you've seen our mosaic signs around town. Jen Cashel with Created Beautifully made 1,000 handmade masks that she was able to give away to people, including a batch that ICU Talks sponsored and gave to Charlotte Medic. We've also tried to stay connected as a community in various formats from MKids videos, Zoom groups, Instagram Live Wednesday night prayer time, and Sunday morning chat. Mosaic, thank you so much for all of your support, your generosity, your time, and your effort into supporting our community and our nation and our world. Together, we have been able to serve so many people, and I am so grateful to be a part of this community. Hey guys, welcome back. Man, it is so good to be with you guys. So good, so good. So it's 4th of July weekend, and I don't know what it is about 4th of July weekend. I'm always reminded about my citizenship and how I got it. And there are so certain stories that I just kind of remember or think about. And in particular, this year, I thought about, like, the, the test I had to take to actually get my citizenship. So if you're, you know, an immigrant, you understand what I'm talking about. It's like this test that they kind of hype up. I mean, at least I thought it was kind of hyped up. And um, so anyways, I took the test. And friends, I aced it. I, I'm telling you, I aced it. But here's what's happening. Happened. It was kind of annoying because I walked uh, in to this immigration's office um, and to the person there and uh, did the test and I had the test with me. You know, I'm like, okay. And I mean, again, I kind of aced this thing, I thought. And so I gave this, the test to the person. Uh, he took it, put it aside, and he started talking to me about the next step. And I thought, hold up, hold up, one second, one second, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And, 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 and he was telling me about all the other things I'm supposed to do. And I'm thinking, no, 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 I need you to grade this uh, test because it was a big deal. I learned a lot of stuff. I crammed for it. I mean, come on. And I think I got an A and I really need this A because I mean, I only gotten like, I don't know, maybe six A's in my life. And so he did not, he didn't even acknowledge it. So it was kind of a kind of frustrating, but, but I did get to learn a lot of things. And plus I became a U.S. citizen. So that's always a good Thing, right? So here's what's interesting. As I was learning these things uh, about the, the U.S., I mean, there's so many things I did not grow up learning, right? And we're relearning some things even now. But uh, I'm sure you know about at least the Declaration of Independence. And in particularly, this passage, let me read this to you because I kind of forgot it. You know, I'm not, not like I know it by heart or anything like that. Here's what it says, right? You remember this? It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That they are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights, 
that among these are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. Here's what's interesting. I think we have a right to pursue happiness, but it seems like it, even now, that even though we have the right to, that happiness seems to evade us. I mean, it's so elusive, isn't it? In the midst of the things that we are facing right now. I mean, can you just stop and go, what is going on? Because I've had those thoughts. I'm like, what is going on right now? And how long are we going to be doing this? It seems like contentment, peace, joy is kind of getting further and further. It seems like it's even canceled. What's the deal? I, I, I'm not quite sure if I know what the deal is, but here's what I do know. I do know that this weekend, it is so timely for us to start a conversation about contentment, about joy, about peace, about what does it mean to actually go through this time with a little bit of joy in our lives and a little bit of sanity in our lives. And so that's why I'm excited that we're starting the book of Philippians right now. And because Philippians is like the happiest letter of Paul. I'll get into it, like who wrote it and all that. But it, it's actually a great book about contentment and joy and peace. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the first chapter. I'll talk about certain passages. And then the next couple of weeks, I'll have different people who are going to be speaking into this as well. And so I, I just feel like this is going to be so timely for so many of us. So let's give me, let me give you the context. Uh, the context of who and what and, you know, how, how do we come about this book? Now, you, maybe you've already read this before, but, but, he, but it's written by a guy named Paul. Now, Paul, did you remember, he was Saul. Saul was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and he had a personal vendetta against Christians. In fact, he wanted to just stop the movement of Jesus. And then if you remember, he had an encounter with Jesus and changed the course of his life. And so Saul became Paul, and Paul became like the, the guy to actually not just talk about the gospel to his people, but actually to other people. He went to the Gentiles. And so the book of Acts um, talks about all these things that he did and all these churches and all these places that he went and started churches. And so when we talk about the book of Philippians, it's actually the letter to a church in Philippi, and Paul is writing this letter. So he's already started these churches. He's writing this letter. He's actually in prison, uh, and, and he's awaiting, uh, you know, all kinds of things. I mean, he's going through a rough time right now. He's kind of oppressed. He's kind of quarantined, obviously. But he's a guy who's in the middle of, like, just a struggle. And then he writes to a group of people, the church in Philippi, who are also oppressed. And so uh, let me give you the context of this because uh, sometimes we, we think of the scriptures and we go, ah, I don't know if they really relate, you know. I don't know if they really speak to everything that you and I are going through. And I get that. But I just want you to know um, that the, this, this is so important because it was written by a guy who didn't have all the freedom in the world. In fact, he was in jail, like I said. And then he was writing to a group of people who did not have all the freedom in the world either. Because they were living in a society that was against even the practice of Jesus. Like, do you know how the church got started? This is fascinating. The book of Acts, chapter 16, actually talks about this. So Paul goes into um, to Philippi, which is modern-day Greece. And he goes there. And guess what? It's a you know, Greek culture. Guess what's not there? Uh, synagogues. So 
there is no synagogue. He doesn't go to the local synagogue. He just goes to, in fact, the book of Acts talks about it. He goes to a particular river, and there he starts preaching the gospel to Gentiles, people who don't even want to hear, you know, in a sense, and people who are not Jewish people. They're just Gentiles. And there was a particular woman, Lydia, who heard the message of Jesus. In fact, it changed her so much that her whole household got baptized, and, and historians kind of link this church to her. So she was a wealthy woman that actually funded this church in Philippi. And so Paul is writing this letter to them. He's also writing this letter to them because he has been supported by them. Let me explain this way. Back in those days, if you, got, if you were in jail, uh, you needed people to support you financially in jail. I know. It's crazy. So if you wanted to eat, you need people to actually pay so you would get meals in jail. So he's writing this letter. And he's thanking them for so many things. But, he's, but his, his support is connected to this. I mean, these people have really supported him. Not just in words, but no, with actual money. And so he writes this letter. But I got to tell you, as you read this, um, the first chapter at least right now, he starts off, he's so, so grateful. And so what I would love for you to do is actually read the entire chapter this week. Now, I'll go through a couple of passages, but I, but I, I mean, I wish I could just read the whole thing to you and we could just talk about it forever, but, but it would be better for you to just go ahead and read the chapter. I'm going to take out certain parts of it, and I'm going to make about four points, okay? So the first one is found in, uh, the first point, actually, is this idea that God is for you. I'm sure you've heard this before. You're like, ah, I get it, I get it, I get it. I know I've heard this. But again, again, consider the context, okay? This guy is not living free and not living large. This guy's in jail. So he writes this. Let me read this to you. Philippians 1, he says, I'm certain. He says, I'm certain. This is verse 6, by the way, okay? He says, I'm certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, he's saying something. He's saying, guys, guys, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I, I, when I think about you, I pray for you. But then he says this particular thought here. He says, I am certain that God, I am certain that God. Now, I just want you to stop here. Because as you are going through quarantine, as you're going through maybe a loss of, uh, maybe even a loved one. Maybe you're going through a loss of a job, a loss of what was normal to you. I mean, we're all going through a lot of stuff. And you know this and I know this. Frustration, pain, anxiety. We're going through the sense of like, okay, when is this going to end? We're going through a lot. In the middle of that, you have thought this and I've thought this. What is going on and why is God allowing this? And what in the world, right? What in the world? I was talking um, to my mom uh, last night, and uh, we, we started talking about, you know, just, uh, you know, she, she's, um, she's a practicing Muslim, right? So I grew up Muslim, and she's a, a Sunni Muslim, and so she's still a practicing Muslim. And so she, you know, you, she and I have these interesting conversations about God and Jesus and religion and things like that. And so we begin to talk about why is COVID happening? Like, what is going on in the world, and why is God allowing it? And so she made this statement. She was like, you know what it is? She said this. She said, it's the sins of the world that's causing this to happen. And she said, it's the sins of not just one country, it's all the countries of the world. He says, what do you expect? And I was like, what? She said, what do you expect? The consequences of sin. This is the consequence of sin. And she said, she's connecting it directly to why we're facing this pandemic. It's sin. It's sin. What's interesting about that, it's not just Muslims who might think that. 
It's also Christians. In fact, it's religious people who do that. Because they, I don't know what it is, but, but every time something goes wrong, we attribute that to something we did wrong. Have you noticed that? It's always the case when it comes to something that's going on with us. If there, we have a, if there's suffering on us, if there's a struggle within us, if we're being oppressed, there's something we have done wrong. And it's so fascinating how religious people give so much power to sin, the consequence of sin. There's so much power given to it. But have you noticed the teachings of Jesus? He actually doesn't give all the power to sin. He gives the power to love. In fact, he says that he's actually, he's overcome sin and the and death itself. Isn't it fascinating how you contrast the teachings of Jesus and the, contrast and the teachings of all the other religions? And Jesus doesn't give power, all this power to sin. No, he's, he still gives it to love. So what does that mean? I think Paul is kind of alluding to that. He says this, I am certain that what? That God, not sin, not this, not that, that God who began a good work within you will continue his work. What is he saying here? So many things. Number one, God is in control, friends. God is still in control. There's intention behind this verse. He says he began a good work. So God is, is purposely started something within us, within you. I know there's so many things going around you, but there's something that's going inside of you that's happening within you, and God wants to partner with you to, to actually make sure you become the person that he wants you to become and you want to become. But I just want you to know here, what does he say? He says, he says this, he will what? Continue his work. What does that mean? That means God is faithful when we're not. God's committed to this. You might be like, oh, I'm out when the, when the going gets rough. God's like, no, I'm in it. I'm in it, ride or die. I'm in this with, with you. I just want you to understand that. That the beginning of contentment is, a, is, is, is knowing and believing God is for us. He's within us. He's committed, committed to us. Friends, that is something you and I have to believe. Because for so many of us, I think we've lost ourselves to helplessness. Have you? I mean, I, there are days I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do today. Like, even though I know what to do today, I don't even know. Have you? I mean, I'm like, well, the weekends have kind of gone away. I don't even know. Tuesday sounds like a Thursday. Friday seems like a Wednesday. I'm not even sure. And there seems to be like this hopelessness, but also a helplessness that I can't do anything. I just want you to know that if you feel helpless, just know that God is with you. It's the beginning of joy in your life. It's the beginning of contentment in your life. Okay, let's go on to the next passage. The next passage I want to read is actually verses um, 12 and 14. It says this. He says, and I want you to know I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here, he's talking about jail, has helped spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because my imprisonment, most of the believers who have, have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Now, he's doing something here. Like, what is he saying? He's talking about the reason for his pain, the reason for his struggle. I think he's doing something that is so profound. He's actually making this point that you might seem like, oh, I don't know if, you, if you're sure like this makes any sense. But here's the point he's making. He's saying this. He's, not, he's saying not just God is for you, but people are with you. He's saying people are with you. Like, you are with people. 
which means, which, which, which for us, we're like, uh, right now is not the time where I would say that I'm around people all the time, bro. But here's what he's saying. He's saying you are not without people. You are not without people. Which means this, there's, there, there's something about your existence that cannot be fully expressed without the community of people around you. That, that's why you, want, you long to be with people. That's why you long to be with other people. And what is he saying here? What he's saying is, he's saying this, that, my, that the way I figure out, the way I, uh, I find contentment and joy of my, because of my pain or in my pain is when I link it to other people. Have you noticed that? He, he says, I want you to know that what has happened to me has done this. What's happened to me has become this. My pain has given people power. Could it be possible that God wants you to know this, that in the midst of what is going on in you and around you, it is giving someone else's power. It's giving someone else's strength. It's giving someone else's hope. Could it be your hopelessness your hopeless situation cause hope in other people's situation. See, friends, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but like, I, I, I'm not really a fan of wearing masks. I don't. I do wear the mask, but like, I, I've done this before. Can I do this? I don't even know if this is going to work. I'm closing my eyes here. Oh, my gosh. The mic still works. I think it does. Let me tell you what's happening with me when I wear this. It is the strangest thing. I feel like I'm in my own world when I wear this. I feel like I'm like, I don't know, I can, I can, just, I can just live in ambiguity. I'm like, I'm in my own world. I don't, I, 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 which is kind of goofy because it's not true at all. But there's a false sense of like, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm covered. Now, for some of us, we're like, I don't even like this thing. I, I, I hate it. I get it. We're tired of it. Sometimes we feel like when we put things around us and we're protected, uh, we're more secure. In fact, friends, um, you're more secure when there are people around you, more people around you, not when you're locked up somewhere. You see, he's talking about that if you want to move towards contentment, if you want to move towards joy, then you have to understand that you cannot do it without people. Have you been trying to live this life without people? Have you been trying to go through this without people? I think for some of us, we are, we're not letting people in. We're actually being closed off to people. But you need people in your life, my friends. You, you do. And what's happening to you is, is connected to other people as well. So let me give you the next thing. So two, two points, right? God is for you. People are with you. And the next is, is pretty interesting. He says this, the big idea there. He says, you are leading you. Now, now uh, again, I'm just kind of talking and preaching the text. So that when you follow the letter, he moves towards a different thought. So Philippians verses 20 and 21, he says this. He says, for I fully, for I fully and expect and hope that I will Never be ashamed, but I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die for, to me, living means for Christ and dying is even better. 
Other translations do a better job as well, talking about this, this passion that Paul is expressing. Now let me just stop and go, okay, okay, okay. So if the big idea, number one, is like understanding that God is in control, that God is in the middle of this, that he's faithful to us, that God's with us, okay, and that the people, that we need people in our lives, what does this mean? What this means is here, he's saying that beyond this idea of him knowing that God is in this situation, beyond the idea of knowing that, that, that other people are being benefited, he says, I have to know this that I'm in control of my joy and contentment. And I think for some of us, we've kind of lost that a little bit. We've lost that. I think we've let go of that a little bit because we're so hopeless and because there's so many things that are so beyond our capacity to understand or control. And we just go, you know what? I don't even know anymore. I, obviously, I'm not in control. And so we, what we do is we just we forfeit. We, we just move out of that. And here he's saying, hey, hey, I just want you to know, you are leading you. Now, I have no idea how this happened, okay? But I left my car for, I mean, I, I mean I've not been driving a whole lot. And I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, but I, I, I was driving somewhere the other day, and I looked in my side mirror. I kid you not, friends, there was a spider web. There's like a one spider hanging on for dear life going, oh, stop. And I'm like, I'm looking at the spider. I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, hold on. I'm going 70 down, you know, the interstate. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't, there's no way I'm stopping. He's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I was like, when did, when did you do this? When did you think you could come and hang out here and start a, you have a whole web. And I'm like, then I'm thinking, I've only left this car for like a couple of days. And you've, you've already started building your home here what's going on i mean i haven't neglected my car for so long do you know how fast it takes how, how fast a spider can actually weave a v we we a web weave i don't i can't, I can't say we weeb weeb i can't even say it weave a web oh my gosh Whew. english okay so anywho do you know how long uh let me i put this down right here it takes um, a spider 30 to 60 minutes to weave a web. Oh, my gosh. Weave a web? Whatever. Whatever. You get the point. Let me ask you this. Could, it be, could there be some part of your life you've kind of neglected? Like you've just kind of like, because hopelessness have, has really led the way. I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to let go of this. I can't do anything. Could it be possible that God's saying, hey, 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 I want you to understand Paul is in a hopeless situation. And then he makes so many I statements. Let me read it again to you. He says this, right? I fully expect. He's declaring, I'm going to do this. He says, I, and I hope. And then he says, I will never be ashamed. I will continue to be bold. And I have been in the past. I trust my life to bring honor. Whether I live or I die. Again and again, he's taking control of his life and his situation. He's taking control of his responsibility because responsibility is the ability to what? Respond. And here he's saying, hey, hey, no one else gets that responsibility. I'm doing this. So friends, I don't know what you're going through right now. And I'm sure it is complicated. And I'm sure I cannot really truly understand your particular um, pain. But I do want you to know this. You are leading you. 
You get to choose. You get to um, uh, respond. And I just want you to know this. That in the middle of everything that's going on, please, please, please do not allow yourself to, 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 to be rooted in bitterness. Because I think helplessness can just kind of turn into like this, this let down cynicism. And then you can just unknowingly allow these roots to grow or a web to be, to be weaved. Oh my gosh, I should stop that. But you know what I'm talking about. You can allow these things to take root and what happens? All of a sudden you have bitterness growing all inside of you. And so I know for some of us, we've allowed that. And then you can tell, you can tell. So let me ask you this. If you're leading you and you get to decide where is your passion rooted in? Even right now, in what the world and what we're doing as a society and what we're standing up against, what is it rooted in? Is your passion rooted in anger or justice? Is it rooted in love, love for all people, or hatred for some? Is it rooted in bitterness or the sweetness of God's love for us? What is it rooted in? Is it rooted in beauty or just ugliness? Friends, you and I get to choose. And so let's choose wisely. Okay, the next point that he makes here, I think it's really profound. It's Philippians uh, verses 29 and 30. First, the same chapter, chapter 1. He says this, for, for you, and he's talking to his people, right? He says, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for we are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. Man, did you hear that? Here Paul is ending this part of this, this you know, this, this chapter, and, he, and obviously it was a letter. He wasn't thinking chapters. I get that. But look what he's doing here. He's talking about the privilege of trusting but then also the privilege of what? Suffering. Suffering. So what is the point that we can take here? I think, again, this is kind of a harder point to understand maybe. But I want you to understand this. What he's, I think, alluding to is this. That peace and contentment and joy is, in fact, pursuing you. I know. See, we start off talking about that we have a right to pursue happiness. Right? All, all of us have a right to this pursuit of happiness. But have you noticed in trying to pursue happiness, you're not happy? Or we haven't even stopped to be happy. You see, I think we've got it backwards at times. I mean, I understand the context of the Declaration of Independence. I'm not arguing that. But I am saying this. Could it be possible that in God's world and his economy, peace is pursuing us? It's not the other way around. It's not, it's not us struggling. No, no, we get the privilege. We get the privilege of God pursuing us with his peace. And here's what he says, right? He says, hey, let me just tell you, when you partner with God, there's a point where you get to move into suffering. And then you also get to move into joy. But you get to move with God. And you don't just move with God, but we move together. What does he say? We are in this struggle together. Together, friends. So what does it look like for you? 
What does it look like for you? I think for some of us, it looks like us going, you know what? Peace is, is, is not the end goal for me anymore. So many of us, that's what we're looking for. That's what we just want. We, I, I just want peace. I just want peace. Have you, have you noticed that? Like, that's, that's, not, that's not wise. See, see peace has got to be the means to a bigger end. The biggest end cannot be just joy. No, no, no. The, what does the scripture say? The scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah, another prophet said this. Going through all kinds of things. He said, the joy of the Lord is my strength to do what? More things. Friends, peace pursues us because peace is found in the person of Jesus. It's found in the, in the Christ. It's found in the one who was sent to us. And so if you're going to pursue anything, pursue uh, the Christ. Pursue Jesus and not pursue peace. See, we have to pursue the right things. Now, how, why, am I, why am I so passionate about this? And why am I so excited that we're going to be talking about the book of Philippians? Is because this book will continually remind us that we cannot allow ourselves to be lost in hopelessness. If you find yourself losing yourself in hopelessness, friends, this is this is the moment that I want to pray for you. I just want you to know that God is for you, and people are with you. But you get to choose. You get to choose, and I pray that you choose. You choose. The Prince of Peace. Because guess what? Peace is pursuing you. So let me pray for you, for us. Let me pray. Where are you in this? And what have you allowed yourself to be hopeless in? And are you like looking at a financial situation and you're going, you know what? It's done. It's over. Are you looking at a health situation and you're like, I'm not going, I, I, I just don't even know. This situation is so hopeless. I don't know how I can, how I can put these pieces together. I get it. See, it's not about us figuring things out. It's not about us putting pieces together. That is not our job. We're going to go crazy doing it. It is our job to stop and allow God's peace to overtake us. Allow God's contentment and joy uh, to speak to us and change us and mold us. It is our job to stop and go, in the midst of all of this, I'm choosing to believe that God is for me. I'm choosing to believe that people are with me. I'm choosing to believe that, that, that in the middle of all of this, God is going to make a way. But I have to choose. You have to choose. So let's choose together. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for as we come together. I just pray for people who've who find themselves slipping into darkness, slipping into these this this bitterness, they're slipping into anger and frustration. They get slipping into a hopelessness. They look at the, at the world around them. They just they they, they get an anxiety attack just just thinking about Facebook because God, there's so much stuff out there that's rooted in so many things that are just not of you. God, we find ourselves just surrounded with hopelessness. We're surrounded by so many things, information and news reports and, and just uh, all these things that, go, that we just want to go, can, can, can someone just 
make this, make this, this, this. Can we, can we just press pause? Jesus, I pray. I pray, pray, pray. God, that you, in the middle of this, would allow us to feel your presence. Allow us to know that you begin a good work in us. And you are faithful to continue it. You are in us, God. And in you, and you in us, is the hope that we have. The hope of glory. So God, I pray that we dare to hope. That we move towards that. We choose hope. We do not allow hopelessness to take over. We choose to believe, God, in your peace, in your joy, in your love for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Friends, I hope that God um, will remind you once again uh, that he is faithful and that you will believe that. Hey, let's respond together. Um, let's continue the work that God is doing in us. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.